connected these two stories before until this week, uh, but the two things happened whenever we were first in ministry. I was uh, interviewing for the very first ministry job I ever got. It was a youth ministry position in Texarkana, and they set me down and had me, uh, like, they asked me all the important questions you're going to ask of a youth minister. Uh, I remember one specifically was, uh, what do you think about marriage, remarriage, and divorce? And I thought, well, is that like a problem in the, with the sixth graders here, or like what? They just asked me all like Church of Christ doctrine questions, nothing about youth ministry. But one of the things they did was they uh, brought Rachel in, and uh, I sat at a round table with all the elders, and then Rachel sat off to the side with a round table with all of the, uh, with all the elders' wives, because they wanted to see how good of a youth minister I would be, and they wanted to see how good of a gossip Rachel would be. And anyway... Uh, well, they were asking me questions, and one of the questions they asked, well, I don't, the one I don't like, but I did have a pat answer for, I was ready for it, was, um, what's your biggest strength? And you, you, you never, you never want to just be like, jumping! You know, <laughs> you want to come up with something good. So what I said was, and I, I do, I, I've always thought this was a, a, a strength of mine, is I said, I can be really silly, but I rarely, I, I don't cross the line. Like, I can be silly until, like, up to the point, but I know when to stop. Um, so I can be silly with kids, or I can, uh, like, cry with grown-ups. But, it, so there, there you go. That's my, that's the answer. Greatest strength. Fantastic. Well, they got done. They did the interview, and then they brought Rachel over. Said, you may now talk, woman. And so she, <laughs> she sat down next to me, and they, she said, uh, they said, now what do you think his biggest strength is? And she said... Well, he can be really silly, but he like knows he knows when to like stop. Like he's so he's good with kids, but he can he can handle adults. And I thought, you know what? That must be my strength. <laughs> it wasn't until like four years ago that Rachel said, "Oh, I just heard your answer and repeated it." <laughs> she wasn't listening to what they were talking about how the other women in the congregation are sinning. She was listening to my interview just four feet away, seeing how it was going, and she just... <sighs> so I had told them, I had told them that my biggest strength was that I can be silly with kids, but with grown-ups, I can be a grown-up. And then there was... A Christmas party. You've never committed, you've never connected these stories either, have you? <laughs> then there's this Christmas party where they said it's a white elephant Christmas party. Um, we're going to do a gift exchange. And we said, well, like, tell, tell us about the gift exchange. They, they were paying us like five bucks and a stick of gum a week. And so we were like, what can we bring? And uh, they said, oh, it's, just, don't, it's nothing big, just silly gifts. Just silly gifts, it's time for us to be silly. And I was like, oh, well, we can do that. So we show up to the Christmas party and thinking, okay, this is going to be just wacky gifts. And the first one, and this is just with, just with our elders, 
just the elders at this Christmas party. I forgot to tell you that. At the house of the elder who eventually fired me. We, weren't all, we were already not on good footing. But we were sitting in this just like castle of a place. And they first person got their gift and they picked it up and they were like, oh, these are so silly. And she pulled it out and she goes, oh my goodness, a calculator set. I'm like, oh, that qualifies as silly? <laughs> so Rachel and I are just sweating because we know that our gift is going to get picked. And one of the, the, the fanciest women picked it up. And we're like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And she pulled it and she goes, oh. And she pulled the whoopee cushion we bought out of the bag. It was like, it's a whoopee cushion. And I said, that was Rachel's idea. And she didn't correct me, and that's true love. <laughs> but there was like, at that point, I just squandered that. You know, he, you know what he's awful at? His biggest strength, <laughs> which is not being silly. When, but we, we just thought that it was going to be something that it wasn't. And that's what I love, what I love about you people. Is some of you would enjoy that. Some of you would say, oh, I, bro I busted my last one. <laughs> and so there is a, I think sometimes, seriousness. This is just my opinion. I think sometimes seriousness is really just false maturity. I think once you get comfortable and mature, you're actually comfortable with a certain level of goofiness. Um, just watch teenagers. How they desperately want, there's that age where they desperately still want to play with their toys. But they know it's uncool. And what's crazy is that in, in, in 15 years, and 20 years, they're going to be going back through their stuff and they're going to pull out their old toys. And they're going to show their kids and they're going to say, oh my goodness, come play with this with me. And they'll play with their kids if they have any sense about them. But teenagers fight this like fake seriousness. This fake maturity that's just, let's, let's put away with all the goofiness. Let's do away with all of that. And that's something they have to grow out of. But a lot of adults don't. You convince yourself in adolescence that being serious is being mature. Being stoic is being mature. And Paul talks about maturity in a different way. Not as in um, 
playing the part or presenting yourself in a certain manner. He talks about it like this, and it's in the context of unity, right? In Ephesians, he's saying we're supposed to all be together. Then he says this, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for work of service, for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, that the the church, the body of Christ, those who follow Jesus, the kingdom of God, will be will be made better, built up, until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined together, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's maturity. There's not, a, there's not a, like a, a, a pat answer. Like there's not saying, well, this is, look at that person. That's what maturity looks like. You can't, um, you can't just look at a mature person and act like them and be mature. Maturity in Christ is found whenever, when you see a mature person, it's because they know what part of the body they are. They know what their role is in the body of Christ. They know themselves enough to know, well, this is, this is who God seems to have made me to be, so therefore I get to be it for the body of Christ. I had, a, um, I had an inst- instance in high school where I remembered that I needed to speak for a living. It's a longer story than what I just said, but I remember thinking, I probably need to talk at some point. It's a bit of a gift God has given me. Um, but it didn't connect that to being a minister until later in life. Um, I was, you know, thought cartoon voices really was what I was. But you don't connect that. You don't until you realize, like, I, this gift I've been given, or this thing that I love to do. That's what I'm going to do for the body of Christ. It's not, then until, not until then that you find comfort in yourself. Been comfortable in your own skin, in your own mistakes, and being able to just be a part of the body of Christ. They used to have these big conferences because every, every year there's some church that blows up and they just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's happening less and less now. But it was, you know, and there was churches in Michigan that did it. There was churches in Colorado and in Washington and in California that were growing like gangbusters. And there was, there just, and so they would have this conference in this church. They'd bring these people. They would say, let's have this conference at this church. This church is growing. We'll have a church growth conference. 
And people would come in and, and listen to this church that was growing and listen to the leaders of that church talk about how, well, this is how we grew up. And people would go to those conferences and, and the leaders of those churches have told these stories afterward. They, they would catch these people, these ministers, measuring the auditorium with, with, with tape, measuring tape. So that they could build the auditorium the exact same way at their place. What y'all's, what do y'all, you know, what's your order of service? They would ask them like these little minute things. And the growth of the church, as far as the, the, the people in the chairs, people's, people in the pews sounded so much better within the context of a sermon, but y'all took that away from me, it's fine. As far as the, the human beings in the chairs, growth from a church doesn't come from some program or some or like a perfect Bible class or a, a, a okay preacher or it doesn't come from all of the things that we might think. What when church growth comes, and this is just my, my passionate belief, is when the church that's in the, in the chairs, when the people that are in the chairs start growing as people, it doesn't matter if our attendance goes up. It doesn't matter if, our, if, if we, we just have, we just, we're filled, oh, it's a full house today. What matters is that, that we are growing as the body of Christ, maturing in love. Look at what he says in the last verse. From him, from Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting lig ligament. In Christ, that body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice there's, there's nothing in the Bible, nothing in the Bible that says, oh, um, and if y'all love each other, then your attendance will grow. You know, they wanted to share the gospel with people. But what Paul was most interested in is the gospel affecting the people who have heard it. The gospel affecting and maturing and growing the people in the pews. And one of, one of the best ways one of the best ways to grow as a human being is to hear stories from people who aren't like you. And that's what church gives us. People who aren't like us. United under one body. Under one head, that is Christ. Serving one king. You can't become mature only thinking what you've always thought. Because you've always thought it. You can't mature listening to people who tell you what you've al always thought. Or what you would have thought if they wouldn't have told you anyway. We like to live in an echo chamber of, of information, but 
that doesn't make us wise. It doesn't make us mature. And actually, most of the time, it keeps us from loving the way God has called us to love. Real maturity is not being silly, which that's what I am. But maturity for me looks like, how can I use what God has done in my life to glorify God as, as me. As just the human being, Benjamin Neely, that God made and raised through Roger and Teresa. That's, that's how I'll grow. But who you are, your maturity, God can use you. He said, we're all part of the body. We're all part of this body that's working together, growing, and becoming something that's beautiful and lifted up and exalted. And God, listen, God can use you. He can use every single one of you. What are you good at? Now, what's weird is... In this context, in this room, the things we do um, aren't that gifted in the end. I can, I can read my Bible and talk and, and prep and put together a cogent sermon. That's my gift. Um, some people can sing. They get up and lead singing. Which y'all are, y'all are so y'all should be so grateful that the people here who get up and lead singing can sing. That's not always the case. The I, I'm 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 filtering. I'm filtering. Give me a second. Uh, but ju- it's it's just kind of that, right? That's it. I mean, no one, no one is like, my biggest strength, passing out a plate. But what do you have? What do you got? If you haven't met uh, Lee and Lisa, um, they, they're new to our church. They've been here since VBS, so since July, end of July. And one of the first things Lee said was, that, that picnic table out there is in um, shambles. We were like, yeah, we're just lucky no one's died on it yet. <laughs> um, and he said, I'm just going to wood, I'll fix it. And so we have a brand new picnic table. Because he can work with wood and saw an opportunity to serve the body of Christ in the way that he can serve the body of Christ. Real spiritual maturity in, in, in the, the church is not pretending to be a good Christian on church day. It's saying, what am I? What am I good at? What can I do? What am I afraid to do? And can have faith and still do it? Is joining the body of Christ and being a part of the kingdom 
And when you're a part of the kingdom, you got to decide, what's my role? If you look at the people God used in Scripture, it wasn't, it wasn't the perfect. Paul was out there just wanting to kill Christians. And God saw him and said, oh, I could use that. David, the King David, just had a habit of stealing other people's wives. You know about Uriah's wife, but you forget about um, uh, Mikael, and you forget like three times he just took someone's wife. One time he prayed, he prayed that God take care of it, and the guy died, and David said, yes, got his wife. Noah, Noah built the ark, but then celebrated just a bit too hard once it landed. Like, no one's perfect. God's constantly using the people that we wouldn't expect. And so if you're sitting in the chairs today and think, think I would like to be part of the body of Christ, I would like to be part of the kingdom that advances the, the mission of God, I want, to, I, want to, I want to grow in this. What can I do? I, I, but I don't feel qualified to do any of it. You've met the first and greatest qualification of following Jesus. Is that you don't feel qualified to follow Jesus. And once you're there, God can use you. Once you're there, God can... God can make something fantastic happen with you because once, once you do it, God gets the glory. And so your maturity might not look like my maturity. Your wisdom might not look like uh, my wisdom. Your, the way you function and the way you work for Jesus might not look like the way I function and the way I work for Jesus, but when we do it together, that's what God dreamed of for his people. When we do it together in love from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. We grow and we love each other more and each as each part does its work. So obviously today is a day where we will pray for you with you about anything you need. But today's a different invitation too. Because if, if you want, if you need prayer about anything, we're here for you. If you want to enter into Jesus, um, into his, in, join Him in His death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, we're here for you there. But today, if you've just been dying to be used, by Jesus, but sometimes church, just the, the, the gears start turning, and it's hard. Sometimes getting in to a, um, a church like and, and working with a church is like, is like the double dutch jump rope, you know? It's like, I, okay, I don't, it's just, it's going, it's working, but I'm not sure when I'm supposed to jump in and start doing the thing. Maybe you feel that way. 
I want, I want to work with this church. I'm not sure where to do it or how. You can come forward, but also just, just grab us. Grab, grab, some, grab somebody you see doing something and saying, what can I do? And be a part of this. I, lo- I think this church, Sunday morning at this church is fantastic. I love Sunday morning with you guys. But if you want something more, give yourself. And see what God does with you. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and while we sing.